Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Cool. Hello Apps here from Dimp Digital, welcome to Idle Game Chat. This is Dimp Digital's flagship video game podcast where we take you through the ups and the downs of the world of video games. We are here on your favourite podcast app and YouTube absolutely free. However, if you want to support our independent grassroots endeavour, head over to patreon.com forward slash Dimp Digital or twitch.tv slash Dimp Digital and join the community. Hashtag hand in those pockets. I'm once again joined by the nearly man, very nearly now. It's the resident referee, it's Logan. How's it going? Yep, good, yeah. Um, be pretty keen to just sort of, I mean, almost counting down the days now in December to get this bloody fantasy gaming league wrapped up before anything else drops anymore. Well, as we... Real- as we record this and patrons get it a little bit earlier but when the public get it there'll be a matter of four to five days left before it closes and as we record this you do still have a lead we will we'll get into that very shortly um but in terms of us winding down for the year also i was supposed to have figured it out by this week and i haven't (laughs) i was gonna say you're supposed to have uh have the schedule sorted. Yeah, I haven't done it. I've been ill though, to. so that's well, the yeah. excuse. What's that? What's that? Donald called it a China flu. That's got me. So first time. Good run though. Lasted almost three years. run without getting it officially. That you know of. Yeah. yeah, and then you go to one gig and <laughs> one pub outing in three months, back to back, and you come back with that. <laughs> so that's ruined the week to a certain extent, but. Still managed to get this done. So, yeah, we obviously we're winding down for the end of the year. Next week will be we'll have the results of the fantasy gaming league to share. So that'll be definitely happening for the next episode. Also, the game awards will have taken place by then. So, some interesting chat there. It really comes down to whether it's the week after. I think there's either two or three left in us. The way I look at it. You got this one. It's probably ambitious, isn't it? This one, yeah. This one, one more, and that might be it. Or this one, another one, and maybe one more. We'll see. Because mm. it should mm. be an end of year wrap episode occurring. Um, so yeah, we'll keep you posted. We won't. You'll just see that the feed won't update one week, and they have no no new episode there. But we should have things like the quiz and the results show for the fantasy gaming league as well in in bonus edition. So should be packed full of content to get you through the the festive period let's move into the the fantasy gaming league as i said we are a week away as we record this and less so for those that are listening and it's all starting to take shape now we've got logan you're sitting on an 807 top of the blocks of the grand prix adkins sitting on an 803 now so there's a four point gap there as we know adkins has only got to draw level to take that title away from you. God of War has lost a point in the last week as well, which was a con- <laughs> went down to a 93, which didn't, what are we doing? didn't please you. But 
you've still got that buffer there and it will take surely a an extraordinary set of events for that to be overturned now i say nothing these days because of how many times has something gone against me in this in this stupid game where i've ended up so close to to a championship title and then not got it so uh I'm not putting the mockers on anything. I'm not sitting here feet up, champagne, bubbly pops, and all that kind not of stuff. Got it on ice yet? No, it, because it, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> all it takes is some stupid game review to come out or whatever, and it moves the dial by two points, and Adkins <laughs> does the same. Like it, all of a sudden, it's yeah. you know. So yeah, it, at the moment, you know, clearly I'm in the driving seat, which is nice. I was actually just thinking as you said that, I was like eight oh seven across ten games. I was like. Really, that's a, you know, I know I've got subs there, but that's an an eighty average. Like, that is toss. Yeah, you've had free transfers really as well, because actually, your if you if you remove the transfers, it's an eighty two average. You're really um, looking at eighty four, eighty five. Yeah. I think for a championship. Yeah. So I've, in some ways, it could be like that season that Leicester won the title. <laughs> just where got, just scrambled through and got it. Just scrambled, scraped through and got it. Yeah. Well, some say Spurs should have won it that year. And that might well, have been the only chance. That's what they'll be looking at Adkins, and then they'll be going, <laughs> going Sonic Frontiers, what were you thinking? Yeah, uh, that will sting him. Um, we've had a couple of games come out that, for the other Grand Prix competitors. Salmon logged another game in um, Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. That's sitting on a 76 now, so that was as low as a 72 when it first came out. So that's starting to build some momentum don't think it's going to do much for his overall score because he's only had seven games released. So that's going to condemn him to the bottom of the pile, most likely. It's easy to forget. I'm just going to defend Sam a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. It's easy to forget. We've been doing this for, yep. what, like eight, nine, ten years now? Is it that long? I mean, might not, maybe mm. it's not that long for this competition. Maybe it's, it's at least five or six. Yeah, it's five. I think it's about five, maybe six. And um, it does take you a bit to get the concept and kind of work out some kind of strategy. Not that I'm saying I'm a strategic master or whatever, but mm. even just going for things like football manager and trying to get in a couple of guaranteed mid eighties and then trying to <laughs> pick out some gems and stuff and figure out what reviews well, what doesn't like it takes a few goes, I think. So mm. it's easy to point the finger. And I think Sam might be being a bit cheeky when he says, well, I didn't realize there was a penalty for, well, you were told every time, Dave. So what we're doing. But um, I think, you know, as an opening kind of attempt, I don't think you should be too disappointed by it. It's... No, it's all about finding your feet and just making the mistakes in this first season. And part of the, yeah. half the game is working out open critic, what's going to get a new page, yeah. what won't. I mean, Biff's still making that same mistake. He's been, he's been playing it five years and he's still putting things up Persona 5 <laughs> Royale Edition on there when... We all knew that was never getting a brand new page in a month for Sundays, and he's still done it. So, you know, mistakes will be made. Well. You got fucking Hall, who claims he's the uncrowned champion, chucking out a, a, just a load of crap. 60s <laughs> across the board, 70s. I mean, it's no one. Uh, it's not he easy. He's too clever. He does try to yeah. He tries to be clever and go, oh, I found the one that everyone else didn't. When actually, no. he's not doing that. He's finding the toss that everyone else ignored. Yeah. It's, it's not, and he, had, and he had Babylon's four in his team at one point, so he could have ended up with a forty odd had he not at least seen that fucking train coming and got off the tracks and changed it. But 
it's tricky, like I said. Biff's also had another game land, which we'll talk about a bit in a bit more depth later, but the Callisto Protocol has landed currently on a 75, um, but it's only had 38 reviews as we record this, so that could change also. Um, that, that, that's going to break either one way or the other. I hope it breaks a little bit more positively because I think it's been getting a bit of a... having, Of course, having not laid my hands on it, I sit here and say I think it's getting <laughs> underserved, but <laughs> it would be nice to see it get a bit more of a, of a boost because um, people seem a little bit down on it just by seeing the, the, the review scores. But that brings his total up to 707. He's only got nine games, so can't can't go any further, but... Um, he had an average of 80, if anyone would care. But in fact, Salmon has an average of 80 as well. Adcock mm. averages 77, so there's a real... <laughs> get the weakness there. And then Hall, disgustingly, got an average of 78. So that's that's no that's no great this success. This is what I'm saying, though. Like to, Adcock committed Harry Carey and just Ugh. decided just to pick games that were just... I don't know. I don't know what he was up to, but even... That's what I mean when I say it's, it's almost like a weirdly low-scoring year, I think. I mean, mm. I don't know whether that's true or not in comparison to other years, but for Hall to be on like a 78 and, mm. you know, Biff blew it with Persona and obviously Salmon's first year doing it, you'd expect better from Adcock with that, that brain of his, I think. You, you know, quiz I just, champion. I just don't understand how his first pick is Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction, <laughs> which is fine, but only if there was no other games on option. The very next game that was picked in the draft order, which was you, was God of War Ragnarok. So how's, yeah, he, I mean, how's he pass that up and let you get that? You were behind him I in the draft. Yeah. I, I, the fact that I got that game blew my mind. I was like... At number five. Expect, yeah, at five. That's... How it got through four other people. <laughs> like, it's always going to be 90 plus, really. Well, always. Yeah. Or at least high 80s. Like, surely that's not to be to be sniffed at but anyway um yeah it feels like a bit of a low scoring year this year so uh you know i hope just capitalize on it which is weird because you'd have thought the covid years would be the more unpredictable ones yeah it's one of those we keep saying oh next year it'll be fucking packed and then it starts off packed and then this year it just seemed to die after like q like by the summer there's nothing going on and then it's sort of Mm. it's picked up again in the later months Mm. like midnight suns come out as well this past week, that's on an 83. Looks quite cool if you're into those XCOM games. Got a bit of a Marvel spin mm. on it. I said you've got Warhammer, you've got Callisto Protocol, etc. I mean, things like Pokemon should be good games, but have been wheeled out of the turf. But again, it was looking at God of War. Like It's been like a good, steady bit of momentum in this sort of last yeah. sort of charge for the year. Should have had Starfield, should have been playing that, yeah. but we're not. But, you know, we'll see. 2023 is going to be... I think I be... had Starfield like, to sub it out. Was it Starfield or is it Red? You had Redfall. Redfall, yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think Adcock had Starfield, actually. So, might mm. have been unlucky there, perhaps. But though, that's the FGL. We'll be back next time and the results will be final. That'll be... Well, we know the championship's basically won. Parky's got that wrapped up. But the mm. Grand Prix still hanging in the balance to a certain extent. But everything will be confirmed. And there's rumblings going on behind the scenes about changes to the format. So, I don't know why we're rumbling. Well, I, I always rumble. Concerned. I don't even want the change, but I sometimes do it just to gauge interest, know, interest yeah. and see what people are thinking. It's <laughs> surprising what people come back with. Some of the harebrained schemes. I've had star players being thrown at me to say, well, you pick one star team and then you get double points for it. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Who's... 
I put in the terms, this is all to try and simplify and make it more competitive and fair. And people were chucking out double point star player fucking bollocks in there. And I thought, that's yeah, not going to simplify end up it. Like, saying from the bloody across the pond, isn't it? With the US yeah. doing it. It'll be like one of those ridiculously complex NFL games and stuff. <laughs> it, yeah. Um, no, it, I, I, I think we've refined a format to something that works. Um, I guess sometimes the difficult thing is picking enough games and trying mm. to get the quality and quantities, the hard bits. It used to be when we first did it, I think we were picking like five. Yeah. And then it become <clears> like 10. And now you really need a list of between 20 and 30. Yeah. I think that's the difficult part. You kind of get to the end of the season and then it's like you're immediately then, you know, it's like United. It's like we go again and you, you're straight into it and you're like, Wow. Trying to figure out what's coming out next year and trying to get 30 good games. Is, People should be planning this. I've been saying it all along. If, if a game gets delayed out of this year, put it on your new list for next year and say, right, that's one to keep. No one does it, though. They're all like, oh. They're caught cold by it. You all know it's coming. <laughs> that, that, what's that message will come through? And it'll say, get it in by this time, and that'll be it. And then you'll have to be yeah. scrambling around. But I have very little sympathy for the competitors, personally. <laughs> but... We'll see how things go. Um, I just wanted to chuck this in here at the beginning because yep. you've gone and invested in a new bit of hardware. A monitor of sorts gone from a yes. 1440p jobby up to a 4K. <coughs> now, yep. monitor size, what are we talking, 27, 28 inch here? 28, yeah. So really the only question I had on this was was two. One, why is that happening? So we can, we can yep. just stop there and answer yep. that now. So... I, when was it? July last year. Yep. I I think I was just using either a, a, just one of my work monitors or an old TV or something that was HD, but it was 1080p it maxed out. Mm. out. And I think the biggest issue I realised was this frame rate thing. Right. Um, I was like, "Mm, I really should do something about this. And I sort of was having a little look around and I I saw one of these Samsung G5s. I think that was lurking. I think I got it for £286.50 then. Um, yes, and it was a curved 27 inch. I think that was 1440p. No, it might have been 1080p, 144 hertz, something like that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, about a couple of months ago, I noticed like along the bottom of the monitor there was like black spots or like black areas where yeah. you can tell like I don't know what's on the bottom of the monitor where it's some sort of lighting tube or lights go along the bottom of these LCDs. But it looked like some of the bulbs had failed or something. <laughs> right, like, it was really yeah. weird. And I was like, I saw one come up and then the month later I saw another one. And I think by the end of it, I had about five or six. It was playable, but I was like, what's going on here? Yeah. And then randomly the screen started flickering in one kind of block up and down the screen. And I was like, well, that has put paid to it. So I got back onto Amazon. And this is, by the way, this is the reason why you buy things from Amazon and why Amazon despite all this plea to shop locally and stuff like that, like it's wow. almost impossible to do when you're getting this sort of service. So a year and a half later, yeah. I'm chatting to a guy at Amazon, and he's like, well, we can refund you. And I'm like, it's crazy. Fine. Like, so it's I've crazy. a year and a half use out of a monitor. It's yeah. broken. You get a two-year warranty, so it's fine. Like it's, in, yeah. it's within warranty, but literally just send that back. So I was like, well, I've got 300 quid to play with here. And it's pretty much Black Friday. So I was going through it and I was like, what have we got? And obviously I come out to you guys in the, in the dim world. Well, I started a squabble in there. Inadvertently. It's always interesting to get opinions in that group. And that's why I chuck it out there. And there's nothing almost more 
paralyzing or, or drawing more parallels, should we say, than this kind of playoff between 4K mm. and r- refresh rate. And it's always interesting to see. And I, I, I know from when we've discussed before, the maximum frames I'll get, if I even get that, is yeah. 120 on these consoles, right? So I already know that 144 hertz is going to be fine for that. But mm. anyway, there was this discussion around you're going to see the benefit of 4K, you're not, this, that, and the other. It's kind of like I see both sides of the argument, I think, because mm. the simple fact is, is if it's a higher density resolution surely you're going to see the benefit of that mm. granted you're probably not going to see it as much as you would do on a 55 or a 65 inch tv but i think realistically you're going to see some difference it might be super minimal mm. but you'll see some difference and i was sitting there and i was like oh i could easily because i you know me i play the majority of what i play is either call of duty overwatch these kind of fps games so really yeah. i don't need a 4k screen for that i'm never going to use it and it's never going to be utilized but i was sitting here i was thinking well if i've got games like god of war and who knows what else might come out over this gen where yeah. i do actually get that i didn't like the idea that i wasn't gonna be how do you phrase it i wasn't gonna be getting the maximum <laughs> Yeah, it's back to this, right? It's back to this. I want everything it can give me. So when I was looking through it, I kind of set an upper threshold of 500. I went right. That's because you got to do that, right? Because if oh, you don't yeah. set something, then you you don't have any boundaries. So in 500 quid, let's see what we can get. Yep. Um, so yeah, this uh, this Samsung G7 cropped up. It was normally 650. It was down to just under 500. Um, it was 4K, 144 hertz refresh, and I was like, "Well, that's about that's all this con- these consoles are going to offer anyway." At so, a maximum, yeah, an absolute at a maximum. Uh, that's all they're offering on their best so, fucking day, which is never. Yeah, so I was like, "Tick, done, get yeah. get in here." So for a net spend of just over 300 quid, I got I got an upgrade. So yeah, reasonably happy with that. And how is the experience been? Have you have you noticed any difference in the resolution or the colours or anything like that? Yeah, so the first thing I should say is that that G5 that I had was not, I was really not very impressed by it at all. Uh, even to the point where I didn't, I wasn't even going to buy another Samsung monitor. Right. Like, yeah. I, I was that disappointed by it. Because when I got it, I was like, I'm expecting great things from this. It was too. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't like, I don't like curved screens. I figured that out now. It's not my bag. I prefer a, a straight flat screen, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I didn't like that really, but I'd adjusted to it. The colours on it weren't very vibrant. I didn't feel like the colour palette didn't feel as nice. Yeah. Um, I couldn't even down to the. I couldn't move the monitor up and down. I couldn't change the angle. I couldn't do anything. It was just kind of on my desk, and I had to like position myself according to the monitor rather than the, the other way around. So there's loads of little things about it that I wasn't that impressed with, but. I mean, I have to say, I've played about 10 hours of uh, of Ragnarok on it now, I think. Um, and I've played Warzone, uh, Rocket League. Like, the colour definition on this compared to that is like night and day. Like, it's yeah. so much nicer. I don't know if it's because it's got a higher, I'm going to say the word nits. Mm. I, I'm pretty sure it's got higher nits. <laughs> it's a brighter screen. But, I mean, I, I definitely feel like it's a, it's a, I mean, you'd expect it, right? It's just, I think yeah. you can pick up a G5 now for around 200 quid. Um, so I think in terms of like capability of the monitor, this one's normally 650. So mm. you're talking about 200 quid monitor to a 650. 
like you're gonna expect something noticeably better and i i definitely like playing god of war yesterday yeah i didn't even need to put it on that graphics mode i was like this nah. already looks unbelievable like now on this screen even compared where even compared to what i was playing it on on the on the g5 so yeah it you know it definitely feels like an upgrade to me well me tell dave that after he's trying to send you down the 1440p path and say look i've gone full 4k and now i'm the king well, I, he, I posted it in there. I went, I've got a G7. He went, that ain't a G7, mate. I was like, well, <laughs> it is. In fact, it's better what Hall's got, yeah. really, like in terms of like, capabilities. I was like, it definitely is. But no, it, I, I can understand what people are saying, right? I can understand that the, 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 the difference is probably very minimal. But if there is a difference and it is minimal. I'll have it. I'll have it. It's basically where I'm at these days. The, the thing is, it's like if I was on a budget of 300 quid, yeah. I ain't going to get this. And it's different. It depends what budget you've got. And I was like, well, if the money's there, I might as well enjoy some of this like, glorious 4K that I haven't really dabbled in before. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the few things, right? Now, I've come to a kind of a conclusion these days that one of the few things I like to spend my money on and I like doing is actually gaming. Mm. So... I'm kind of coming away from this sort of um, kind of more budget or middle range view on things. He's going to get a PC. I, I, I would still like one, but I, I, I think once you start, that PC route is a whole new world. That, of, it's a different like, level. There's, there's a di- yeah, there's a, different, there's a difference between not doing budget console gaming yeah. versus this kind of unlimited melting pot of expense yeah, you can at least PC can in the console space you can pretend like you've got a lot of money and flash it around, whereas in the PC space you actually have got to have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I still—I've said many times on this podcast—I I was originally a PC gamer, mm. um, and I, I always did all my gaming and stuff on the PC. So it's not—it's not something I'm against, but I still just feel for what I want to play when I want to play. And who I want to play with, I still feel like the consoles are, are giving me ninety-eight percent of everything I need. Um, the other two percent being Football Manager. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, I, it's, I'm never going to say never on it. I think is is where I'm at at the minute. I'm happy with what I've got, but you know, we'll see. Yep. Well, We're very happy with this monitor. Good. That's what we like to hear. And. Uh... Yeah, it's a tricky one, the display type. I spent, honestly, Logan, months, re- obviously, as a, as a word, researching displays yeah. before these these current-gen consoles came out. And, you know, it was just, it was it's tiresome looking for all mm. that garbage and trying to get to, to what you need to get to. And, you know, monitor versus TV is obviously a big one. It basically mm. comes down to space. If you've got space to house a bigger TV... Yeah. You're, you're normally better off getting that. But if you haven't got the space, there's not really any compelling TV options that are small enough. So you have to go for mm. a monitor. Then you're making a compromise here. And it's just a, it's just a howler. So I, I, I've, I, I'm happy with what I've got here in this, this CX. Although, dead pixels lurking on that. So John Lewis yeah. will be getting a call soon. I don't, think they, I don't think they even cover it either. I'll be seeing what they've got to say about that. So yeah. not... Not completely flawless, two and a bit years into the TV's life. Pretty uh, concerning. But genuinely, that had all the bells and whistles I wanted, but it took me months to get it. And it was not cheap 
fucking uh, extortionate price. So I don't envy people going through that process, especially when you're kind of your hands forced to by a technical issue because it's not an expected. You kind of think, well, I want this sorted sooner rather than later. I don't, and, I've yeah. got, and you have Black Friday lurking. You think, if I miss the window here, I could be pants down in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So I'm pretty sure Amazon said if you bought anything up to a week or 10 days before Black Friday, yep. they would honour the price mm. of that and refund you or sort of do something with that, which is really good of them. <clears> but yeah, I was playing on my work monitor. Yeah. Um, which is actually the picture quality on it is all right. Like it's, I would actually say I've got an HP work monitor and the picture quality on that was better than my G5. <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, some people might be saying I've got the color palette and everything wrong, wow. but trust me, it's not great. But yeah, I was limited to like 60 frames. But one thing I was going to say, it's interesting because I know that you like gaming on a slightly bigger TV. Mm. Um, so yours will be a 32, I'm going to guess. That's a 48. Yeah, that's mental. Well, I've got like, the, the monitor I use for gaming on PC is a 27. Yeah. So, that- so I, from my perspective, 27 inches is the maximum I'd want yeah, a game on. Yeah. So 20, the one that I've got now is 28, and it's ever so, it's going to take me a little bit of getting used to. Yeah. And the 24-inch monitor that I was actually playing on, what's, I prefer. Wants to go back which to Which is that. weird. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I actually like a slightly smaller screen. I don't know if that's because... Cole likes that as well, because he likes to see the entire frame yeah. without having to like move his eye like it's just sort of there you can see things easier in your peripheral vision whereas... i found it easier to yeah. do call of duty yeah. on a smaller screen that's common which is weird. that is common and if i tried for, I, I literally can't play like a first person shooter on my 55 inch tv downstairs not no. possible there's too much area to cover with your eyes mm. um but yeah it is a minefield and i do i know that you always are very diligent in your research of things which is why i chuck things out you know people generally i mean i do do research on stuff and i know a little bit but i don't profess to know near anywhere near as much generally about these things as you dave and co so it's interesting to get that kind of canvas of opinion and then it is up to me as to what i want to get and in this case i was just like well you know for 150 quid off 500 pound limit set i might as well get something that isn't really a compromise it's you know it's the top of what my consoles are going to produce for me and hopefully it lasts you know Longer than two the majority, years. <laughs> well, a year and a half. I, that, I was really disappointed because I, I felt like at the time, 300 quid for my monitor was a lot. Mm. Um, and uh, I was expecting a lot of it. And yeah, it's really disappointing from something like Samsung as well, where it just started crapping out yeah. after a year and a half. From something that you'd expect to largely be used every day, like a monitor as well. Um, it's a bit disappointing, I thought. So hopefully the, the G7's got a bit more... A bit better build quality on it. Let's hope so, because if it's not, we'll be subjected to a 20-minute rant, I suspect, at some point in the near future, if that yeah. that craps the bed. But no, pleased that you managed to get that in, and I'm sure other people got some goodies on Black Friday. Some good game deals out there, just like just buying video games themselves yeah. lurking, mm. which was always interesting to see. Um, but yeah. That's it for another year. Although they, they do say it's a bit of a swindle this Black Friday. The, the prices are the same two months before if you check the history. They just they artificially pump them a month before and then put them back down to what they were and say, deal! But there's again, you talk about the minefield. You're already trying to get through the minefield of figuring out what to buy. Then you're trying to suss out if you're getting swindled or tricked into a deal. But if it's within it's budget, like you just get it and then that's the end it's, of it. Yeah, you can't be dealing budget. with it. 
you set requirements and go, is it in budget? Tick. Does it yeah. meet the requirements? Tick. Purchase. And that pretty much applies houses, cars, monitors, games. Yeah. That's how you do it. It's as easy as that, you people. Do it. Life making... advice. Exactly. It's what you don't get in other podcasts. Not accurate <laughs> stuff anyway. Going to do a bit more. Going to do a bit of headline surfing that we did last time. Yeah, enjoy that. Crafton Stock takes a dip as Callisto Protocol launches to a mid-70s reviews. The mm. South Korean company is the owner of developer Striking Distance Studios. So, don't really care about their stock price, to be honest. Sorry, <laughs> Crafton. They own PUBG, so they're, they're, they're doing fine. Well, they were mm. doing fine. I don't, know how, I don't know how popular that is now. But it's probably still, not too great. Probably, I reckon it still makes a shitload. It, comparatively... Like, as human beings, you go, that is a lot of money they're making. But relatively, mm. compared to Fortnite, no. But you can't you can't have it all, unfortunately. But yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Callisto Protocol launched to mid-70s reviews. And um, I was quite interested. I am interested in this game. I'm most likely going to get it. I'm just waiting on Digital Foundry to sort of give it the clean bill of health from a technical perspective. Because I've heard PC's not the platform to go to because it's got a few problems there which is i don't know if this is just me making it up but it feels more and more common like every other game it's like oh, it's got as this stutter the shade stutter mm. compilation issue where it just it, it will stutter randomly as it as it generates new shaders in the background that you've not experienced and the only way Warzone to did that as well on pc the only way to solve it the, exact thing. the only way to solve it is to pay someone to play through the game once and then let you play it the second time because everything will be... I mean, it's crazy. But that's one to avoid. So I'm just waiting on the console stuff. And I looked at Linneman, John Linneman's profile from Digital Foundry. And it actually came up in my feed. And he said he really likes it. And like, So I was like, okay, well, he would normally put in the tweet, like, when the, the video's going up later, there's a few things to look out for. So it sounds like at least technically it's okay. But it's been... Uh, it's had a bit of a rough time in terms of reviews. Or has it? That's the question oh, I pose. Is yeah. 75 really a rough time? Because here's one, one scenario I'll put forward to you. Chrissy Dring, who does our European sales data, he also <laughs> writes for VGC, does, does a reviews now and again, freelancers mm. in. He reviewed the Callisto Protocol, gave it three out of five stars. Okay. And then in a tweet with the article, he put, Callisto Protocol is good, as a Dead Space fan, I'm glad I got a chance to play this. Lots of room for the the team to do even more of the next one. But you translate that to the open <laughs> critic and Metacritic, it's a 6 out of 10. So Chris's words there of it being good wouldn't translate. If you got 50 reviews all at 3 out of 5 stars, it would, mm. it would bottom out at a 60. And everyone would go, that's a disaster. <laughs> So the question is, is it that is it that poor really? Is it seventy five? And for me, it's in the it's in the lower it's, it's in the lower end of the pocket. I was kind of hoping it to be, but it's still in the pocket. I never expected. I thought if it got an eighty, it'd be it'd be lucky in a way because these horror games just seem to struggle. I think I think the reviewers are scared of playing them and they they're forced to and they don't like it. But seventy five would that put you off? a video game that you were anticipating? Or does it depend on the video game? Call of Duty, they said. Modern Warfare 2, sitting on a 75. People seem happy with that. Yeah, I think it's a really difficult... Because 
let's be honest, like generally speaking, even it goes the same for films, right? It doesn't yeah. just because a, a review score and a reviewer's opinion is exactly their right. Just don't take Adkins' opinion on a film because he'll give it a 10 out of 10 every time. Yeah, I mean, he, he's not to be trusted. I mean, generally, it kind of gives you a bit of a barometer of where it's at. It's a temperature gauge. It's like within, it, within seven either way, and you think it's probably around accurate. Yeah, I mean, naturally, you want people to rave about things because it you know it reinforces what you want as well oh, of course yes yeah. like, so you know i think it's natural for that you want things to be good you want games to be reviewed well and you want positive vibes basically but you know 7.5 out of 10 you know three and a half stars out of five like however you try and sort of melt it down it's it's not bad basically it's like good not great like which is okay, like it, you know. I think again, you'd, you'd prefer people to say that's a great game you must play. Like everyone wants those, but I guess really it's not. But then you've got what Sonic Frontiers on like seventy six or something, haven't you? So yeah, that's nice. getting crapped on seventy two. Yeah, I mean, this is what I mean. It's like seven out of ten. Is yeah. if someone gave you seven out of ten for saying, you take it. Generally Pokemon seventy two. Mm. It's just, right? I think it's just from. From my perspective, anything in that realm of the 80s is where you want to be. Mm. I don't know why. That's just an arbitrary number and score that I've set in my head yeah. for no apparent reason based on absolutely nothing. No. Um, so, I'd, you know, I guess everything a bit below that in the way that my brain works is a little bit disappointing. Mm. Uh, but, but that doesn't mean it's not good. I just disappoint. It, it just doesn't hit the the high notes um but you'd probably you know i don't think it's something we've ever really discussed you know we know how our reviewing works so if you try and equate that to our gold silver platinum bronze yeah you know 7.5 it could go silver or gold have i blown that no it could go bronze or silver yeah which, in theory, if you wanted to, yeah, if you wanted to melt melt down the medals and that, that's what they. Yeah, that's where where we're at, really. So what we're saying is, is pretty much if we were reviewing it, with the same system, it'd be, you know, seal of approval, really, style stuff. That's with, the, a, with that's, a bronze or silver. Yeah, and that's why I kind of changed it back to that because it's more about it's less about the number which we've got here. Well, it's not for the fucking stockholders, obviously. Yeah. It's more it's more about recommendation to play it and then off that it's like how many de- how many degrees did we enjoy it? Was it the yeah. highest possible enjoyment and we just fucking loved it or was it like no we enjoyed mm. it but only to a certain extent. And really the the number stuff is I've tried to drum it out of people to stop thinking about it that way and just say mm. look do you did you enjoy it enough that you'd say yeah, good. I'll be happy to have because that's why this gallery's there. People come look around there. If they see Toot in there, they'll be questioning it. So yeah. you can't be putting crap in there. And yeah, anything that's sort of above the, the minimum threshold of enjoyment is just a, a degree of an opinion, depending mm. on how, ex- how extreme it is. Um, and the, but we've... No, I was going to say, we've talked about it before, like when we've been discussing the grading system. And I think we've pretty much settled on, if there's nothing fundamentally wrong, it starts at a 6 out of 10. <laughs> and then you work your way up from there, really. Um, it's football manager it, doing that. Well, yeah. Because those players come on, they've all got six out of tens before they've even kicked a ball. Yeah, you go, you start from a six <laughs> and up you go. Um, but then 
we start thinking about things this is wrong technically and 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 all that kind of stuff it is a it's a pretty well it's a completely subjective mm. score and yeah. uh, you know on a different scale um so it is interesting i mean i would say no it, it, it doesn't make it bad at 75. Matt Keynes has got again, Destiny Syndrome. He's worried, I could tell. When he, he, he didn't get the review yeah. scores he wanted, he was... It panicked him a little bit. I mean... He wants to love it. He might love it. He will. Oh, he, will, will he will. He will love it. I'm, I know Just I'm going to like it more than likely. I'm intrigued yeah. now to find out what people's issues were. Now I haven't really read much of it. I've seen, like, glimpses here and there. Yeah. But... Yeah, yeah it, I think it's exactly that. You know, it gives you a it gives you a a, a waypoint or a barometer, or a temperature, however you want to put it, yeah. as to where where it is. You know, is this going to be one of the games of a generation? Is it going to be a game of year? Is it going to be a good game? Like this is the yeah. problem. It's kind of like people set this kind of arbitrary bar in their head of where they want it to be, and then when it doesn't quite get there, they just go. It's Whoa. like, well, what's wrong with it then? It's like, well, maybe it's still good, but. There are some things where it just doesn't quite hit the high notes, you yeah. know. And it's your point. Maybe people are scared. Of, I mean, I know I'd be scared <laughs> off by it. I couldn't do game reviews or something <laughs> like that. So it makes you wonder yeah. sometimes who they get to review, like horror games in particular. Also, the thing with horror games, I will say, more than any other genre, I would be super interested to know how these fuckers played it. Did they have the fucking light on? Did they have the <laughs> curtains open? Did they have headphones on? Because yeah. horror in itself needs a bit of atmosphere. It needs it needs you to be kind of you secluded. You have to enjoy it, right? I think that's a, that's a well, really difficult thing to true. say. You know, if everyone plays through this really gripping drama narrative or that's got like these highs and lows and things, you know, that's pretty much going to touch the same notes on the majority of people. Whereas horror... Would never touch. Like I would, I generally just don't enjoy it. Yeah, well, irrespective yeah. <laughs> of anything. So it's, I'm never going to go. That was a nine out of a te- nine out of ten game. No. So I'm never going to enjoy it that much. I'm just going to be like, I got through it. It was all right. Like yeah. it, it is a tricky genre, I think. And you'd like to think you'd give it to people that enjoy, like genuinely enjoy a horror experience. But maybe there are people that just don't really like it that much and have to do it because it's their job or something. That, it's, yeah. it's an interesting point. Yeah, it's not it's not ideal, and I've heard of people that play games with podcasts rolling in the background, and I think, well, if you're if you're supposed to be playing a horror game, that you can't be doing that. But you've got to at least yeah. <laughs> you've got to at least be engaged with the product, and, and I'm not saying they're doing that, but I know yeah. of people that that put podcasts on, and I I do wonder sometimes the environment in which sometimes reviewers do these because they're already under the cosh for deadlines. Yeah. You're already getting yeah. a completely unnatural, truncated, squashed, rushed, yeah, you know, yeah. play through an opinion. And I've been there myself so many times. You just want something done and you hit a really yeah. hard point. And you can't do it. You keep failing. You can't. And guess what? You start to think it's the game's fault. This is bullshit. <laughs> Why have they made it like this? All this bollocks starts coming audibly coming out of this gob of mine. And eventually you get through it and you think, well... That weren't too bad. That was just me throwing a paddy, basically. But I couldn't imagine. I can. I sorry. I can imagine that being even more intense. That it's your job. You have an embargo to hit, and if you don't, you're going to be in the shit. And it's like, mm. I can totally relate to that. So if they got the code later than they would have liked, does that set you up for a? Oh fuck's sake! Now I've got a. 
I've got to spend two days doing this rather than five yeah. or ten. Like, there's all these. It's the outriders syndrome. Aren't yeah, 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 yeah. Now, right, where you end up spending twelve hours in a game, and fucking hating it by the end. Like, it's just, and then you've got to give it a score. Yeah, right? and it's it's tricky. Um, I, I, as you were saying that, I was thinking, oh, you know, I bet there's so many people that love to do like game reviewing for a living and stuff. Mm-mm-mm. Actually, in some ways, I would It's not. a poison chalice because it is. It ruins how things. How can you? Can't yeah, enjoy how it. How can you? Can't. Yeah, it's exactly that. And you have to. The only way that I could think you could do it is to do it for the review and then actually go away and play things like in your own time. Yeah. And see if you appreciate it in a different kind of way. But can you imagine having to sit there and get a God of War review done in like three days or something? Like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was I, half, I mean, half, half the people that reviewed Elden Ring hadn't finished it. She <laughs> said to chuck something out there. And that is one game that gets worse as it goes on as well. Um, mm. So that's mm. this. It's, it's interesting because I like you say that I would not. I remember years ago, but like, yeah, it'd be great to just get paid to review games. But honestly, mm. I couldn't think of anything worse. Like the 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 hounding and the hustle to get things out on because you know your traffic is going to be hot for that embargo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Few hours, that half a day maybe. If you come after that. The, the numbers you could have got in terms of views or clicks or whatever are just going to not be anywhere near the potential. Yeah, so yeah, anyone saying there's there's not a pressure there to get things out on time, and, it, and that doesn't, even if it's subconscious, affect one's playthrough. He's lying. It, it, it simply, at some point, will take its toll on you, whether you mm. think you, it does or not. You'll, you'll start to play the game differently. Anything that offers meaningful resistance against you whether it's fair mm. or not, you're not going to have to determine that. You're just going to think this is bollocks. Yeah. And you, all you're thinking yeah. is fucking Alan's going to call me in a minute saying, where's that fucking review you said you were getting done five hours ago? It does make you wonder. I've always wondered how they review Football Manager, right? How many, well, how many seasons, seasons do you do? Yeah. Because I do a thousand hours and I still find it hard to review. <laughs> I, have to, I spend about 40 hours doing the first save, which always goes in the bin. Right. So... It, it it always it, it does kind of put you in perspective that they're playing something a very truncated version of something. It's um, not how a normal gamer will play it at all. No, it's not. No. It, and you're you're looking for all that in-depth kind of technical issue analysis and you know graphical commentary, storyline, like everything. And you're asking them to do you know it's very difficult you know. And I do have I, I, I'm not sympathy I wouldn't say, but wow. I think. It is it is tricky sometimes. So sometimes we see these scores go and you think, what? How's it got? How have they even come to that conclusion? Oh, sometimes I wonder whether they even finish it. Well, they just they sort of make some bollocks up. Like, no. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's rare, but there's a few that have been caught not playing it through. And a lot of them hide their trophies and achievements so that if one did want to check... Yeah, you can't. You can see. So mm. I'd immediately be sceptical. I mean, we're starting to paint the media as some sort of cabal that's in some no, sort I mean, of mix. Yeah, but it, it, you know, when we're well, crafted, like, hang on a minute, we've just stuffed our bloody <laughs> shares up over this crap. But then again, mm. they handed the codes out probably later than they should have done. The embargo was on launch day, which is always a bit of a red flag. It's like, Reds, why, are you, yeah, why, yeah. Are you, why are you doing that, you fucking prats? So... Yeah. It, they they sometimes cause it on themselves, but no, the, mm. the environment in which people review games is not something I would want to be involved in. That's why the mantra is here. Everyone plays what they want to play, and it takes as long as it takes. And one day it will pop up in that Get feed of yours, and you'll, you'll <laughs> hear what the what the playthrough is like. But there's no 
I think those creators out there or those outlets that have moved away from this embargo chasing review kind of conversation are the ones that have healthier conversations in total because they're not chasing this mm. immediate like, oh, we've got to talk about it this week. We've got to have this this week. It's like, yeah, we'll talk about it when we're ready and you'll mm. enjoy the conversation because we're playing it naturally or as natural yeah. as our, our lifestyle kind of allows, which is another thing. Mm. You know, people's lifestyles are different. I did want to just <laughs> drag a few fuckers over the coals. <laughs> All right. We've got, here, we've got GameSpot here. Yeah. Five out of ten they gave this, Callisto Protocol. <laughs> Didn't they fuck me over on, uh, on one of my games? Yeah, yeah, they fucked people over many times. Guess what they gave Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, though? A, a, a self-admitted mess, as we'll get on to a bit later. <laughs> Eight out of ten. <laughs> this is where people's... Per- we discussed it last, last week, week when yep. I was going through them fucking reviews, and so on went... I just like Pokemon. It's like, well, what's the point <laughs> of doing this fucking review then if you're not going to be objective? <laughs> That's the trouble with no review's objective, is it? That's the trouble. Yeah, but surely, you, to a certain extent, you either have to go, look, I love Pokemon. If I don't love Pokemon, this would be fucking broken and unplayable. <laughs> but it, it's like, it, it, surely you've got to, to, to cater to both audiences of like fanboys and perhaps non-fanboys. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. It winds me up, that does. Metro Game Central, 6 out of 10 for Callisto Protocol. Mm. Pokemon, 8 out of 10. <laughs> now, Metro are normally really harsh. Yeah. Very rarely do you see anything over an 8 or over a 9. The fact that Pokemon, the technical that, um, Pokemon, the fucking cyberpunk edition, Violet. yeah, got itself a bloody 8 out of 10 is shocking. Well, it basically is. Well, it's just, just well, they've... Do you see someone did a mod on that on PC? No. It literally had like 60 FPS, oh, like 60 yeah. FPS mod, and it looked fucking incredible. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah, it's crazy what they can do. Anyway, enough slagging these reviewers off. They've got a hard enough job, but you've kind of made a run off your own back by getting involved. Oh, it's gone up to 76. I just refreshed it. So there we go. Ekin to be happy with that. I think he's pre-ordered it. That's why he was... Because he's done it mail order. He can't cancel it on the day. <laughs> so he has to sort of just ride this out but yeah I probably I'm not I don't see any reason why I won't get it I'll tell you the one reason I haven't got it already is one I've not watched the or read the Digital Foundry article or whatever I like to check the technical side of things because that as I said probably the most objective thing you can get does the game yeah. run well does it have many bugs okay no I'm, or yes and no I'm happy mm. Um. also on the PlayStation Store they've got a day one edition out like most games do it was fifty five. It was fifty four ninety nine earlier in the week. This morning I wake up. I just check it in the store. Fifty seven ninety nine. <laughs> A three pound increase. So what are we doing there? I mean, I'm not. It's not going to break my bank balance three pound, but I, the principle of it now has got my back up a little bit. So maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just say, well, I'll go and play Pentiment instead. A hundred percent what you should do is go play Pentiment, wait until Adkins has completely <laughs> borrow it off him, and then borrow it off him and play it and enjoy it, worrying cost-free. Crawling it to do that. But well, let's, let's move on to a, a, a somewhat related topic. Nintendo apologises for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet's performance and pledges improvements. The game has faced online backlash due to its poor performance since launch. Um, so yeah, they said they're taking this feedback, this player feedback, seriously. 
in quotes. And um, this is what they've got to say. We are aware that players may encounter issues that affect the game's performance. Our goal is always to give players a positive experience with our games. And we apologise for this inconvenience. We take the feedback from players seriously and are working on improvements to the game. They've released an update since then, which doesn't address any of the technical performance issues. What do you make of that then? We did say whether Nintendo gave a shit. At least they've come out and said, look, well, at least talk is cheap. Yeah. Talk is cheap. 10 million copies were sold in three days or whatever. (laughs) Then they come out and say, yeah, sorry about that. What? (laughs) What? What? Don't fucking release it in that diabolical state then and take the fucking money and then go, yeah, we'll sort that out. Everyone in that office knew. They all played it and went, well, that's going to be what it's going to (laughs) be. Let's roll the dice here. I don't know. They go up to Alan, didn't they, and go, look, you might get a bit of criticism, but it will absolutely get the banknotes rolling. And yeah. went, well, let's do it then. Well, I do hope they get that into a state, but it just it looks fundamentally in such a such poor shape. And uh, obviously, we've spoken about the Switch struggling to keep up. It's just not a... How much can you sort. realistically do to optimise that from now? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It, I mean, there's always things that, that they can do, I'm sure. But why not? Why do them now? I, I I don't understand. Like, they must see some of this when they play test it. Like, and oh, yeah, QA they, do. It. they do. It's just like... And then they just... But they don't... Like, it's such disingenuous bullshit where they then go, oh, yeah. Uh, where'd we'll that come from? For that. Yeah. yeah, where'd that come from? We'll <laughs> fix that. Like, so many games now get away with it. It's it does wind me up. Yeah, I don't even mind if they went. Look, there's a few technical things we're still working through. We'll be issuing up weekly releases. You know, keep engaged with the community and stuff like that. Um, it's yeah, I don't know. I, I on a completely separate note, I really just do hope that what they're doing at Midnight Society and with Dead Drop and the way that they're engaged with the community kind of changes the landscape of relationship between. Mm. the gamer and the developer and everything i'm not convinced i think midnight start is definitely out there on its own and it's you know it's dealing with the development not the um updates of a game but still i think the principle is the same right it's kind of like we're in it together we want to build a good game we want you to enjoy it so we'll take your feedback and work on things and let you play through it and stuff like i think it seems a really obvious model um but how could you do that with something like god of war there are just some yeah, games yeah, that yeah, it no. doesn't, it yeah. will not lend itself to because you don't want them spoilers getting out. I mean, God, yeah, I, I, I guess it's not for every game, but where they know there's going to be a huge kind of community of invested well, people. Yeah, the um, Dead Space remake that's coming January, they have they have done that because it's got mm. such a not to say big following, but there's a very passionate. I love Dead yeah, Space, yeah. but you know mm. they've been saying look we're not going to crap on the original we want your help you know to kind of feedback they've been yeah. they've set up groups and whatnot and yeah it's definitely a a way to go um but you know there's just developers out there that just think well i'm i'm right and if you can just deliver something that's technically competent that that scrubs away i think half the issues that you'll ever face because the rest yeah. of the stuff you hang it on like mechanics and other things you can say well that's just taste and at that point, yeah. whose who's opinion out of these 10 people shouting is right? Mm. But, I don't know, ten, from a technical perspective, things should be, be better. We've said it, and I'll keep mm. banging that drum. And talk is cheap, so you can say all you want, 
And uh, if you don't do anything yeah. about it, it means absolute. <laughs> That's very true. Diddly fucking squat. Here's one for you. Plans to yeah. release a game console for dogs revealed. What? The project is designed to offer health benefits for pets. Plans to release a console tailored for, for dogs. Happy <laughs> detail by a startup called Joypaw. The company is the brainchild of friends and co-founders. Uh, was it Dersim Advar and Marco Jenny, who describe themselves as animal lovers, gamers, and scientists? As reported by Axios, the Joypaw console lets dogs play games designed to provide both physical and mental stimulation to man's best friend. Good Lord. You try to get Davey doing that. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. No, you're right. I just The idea of this is just absurd. I wonder how much it's going to cost, but you know what? If if it ever comes out and I, you know, Davey's knocking about or there's another dog around and it's not absurdly expensive, I will have to just... Yeah. I'll have to. Dabble. I'll have to just see it unfold. But, but the... you give a dog anything. So you give it like a stupid chewed up old toy, and it will play with it for ages. Hey, he That's plays with fucking half blown up balloon. That's yeah. his favourite thing. So how are you going to get him to engage with a video fucking game? Fucking fifteen pound way? Kong toys that do all squeaking. That he ain't interested. Yeah. Just give him a balloon. He'll kick that around for an hour. Knacker himself <laughs> out. <laughs> fucking crazy. Here's here's one for you. A Warzone 2 skin dubbed Rose 2.0 is currently one of oh, the well, Steam's really, best-selling I'm products. I really hope we won't get into this. Well, look, I won't ask for a, a full history on this, but I'm led to believe that this skin was in Warzone originally and caused a bit of a stir because people couldn't see people who had bought that skin. Uh, it was a bit of a darker complexion, maybe, or the, the you know the, the attire yeah, was. I'm, and now they've got a, a one that they're dubbing Rose 2.0. I guess it's called something different. Um, yeah, so basically what's happened is there was an old skin called Rose and it was a fully black yeah. light skin. Like, that's all it was. So in the darker parts of the map, essentially becomes invisible and harder to see. Like, so it's, it, it, everyone started to use it because of that reason. Mm. Now, what they've done is they've released a load of CDL team skins. Right. And... The uh, I think it's the LA Thieves. Their skin or one of their skins is an all black skin with like it's just got a red LA writing on the front. So it basically oh, yeah, does the same thing. Yep. You can buy it. I think it's about a tenner. Might just be a little bit less. And it's basically. I mean, it's, you know, it's it, it's noticeably harder to see in the dark areas of the map. So that's what they've done. The original rose skin wasn't a purchase skin. It was available, okay. I think. It was an unlockable skin through a battle pass, I think. They chucked but it this in one DMZ. It... Well, they haven't. Done... They've literally that. said, "Buy it. It's paid to win." Essentially, is what that skin is, or it, at least it's a form of that. Um, so yeah, everyone's now running around with that. It, it, it's so frustrating because it's is like... that actually a problem then. Have you said... Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've got, and loads of people are using it. It's definitely like in, in darker rooms and stuff. It's definitely much more difficult to see. So is it for um, eight quid, you get it yourself though. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Well, Even just on a matter of principle for me, quid. it's not. So no. you're you're taking the same approach of me of Callisto. They've stuffed me out of three quid, and now I don't want to play the game. I refuse to be part of pay to win <laughs> on a free game. I refuse to do that. Um, but besides the point, anyway, they'll nerf it. And I, I said to, I was on it earlier and I was chatting to, to Gallia and Pee Wee and Co. And I was like, imagine it, it's a CDL skin. Mm. So mm. imagine you're one of the others and you're wearing bright purple. Yeah. Like, and you're up against the LA Thieves who are all in this dark. Like, it, it, fundamentally, from a CDL perspective, it doesn't, 
even the playing field. So, no. in my view, surely it's going to have to get nerfed in some way. Like, they're going to have to get them to change that skin. But as usual with Call of Duty, not until they've raked in enough money. So, what did the. How do they nerf the old Rose or the original Rose kind of skin? So, they upped the brightness on or her. Or made it a bit grey. Like, yeah, yeah, so it wasn't like dark, it wasn't black, it was like right. light grey, basically. So, so, and I imagine they'll either have to get LA Thieves to change some of the colours on their skin or they'll they'll have to lighten it or do something. Yeah. I've heard, and I, again, this is complete offhand experience. This is something that's been said several times by Shane Satterfield, who hosts Game Face on Sifted. That League of Legends do some a similar sort of tactic almost in that they will release new heroes. It's a free to play game. Release new mm. heroes that are configured to be, you know, the meta for yeah. that that period of time. People go mm. and buy that hero. They rake in the cash. Then they nerf yeah. it and sort of. It's a way of triggering people to spend money basically on a on a regular basis. I wonder if that's intentional here. You'd think they know what they're doing. Or whether it's just a bit of a, a slip of the... Someone no. just went, oh, I've made that too dark. Just a little colour It's Honestly, it's bullshit. They do it all the time. Right. They do it all the time with weapons. Normally, it's with weapons. It's not normally with player skins. Um, no. But they, they know that, you know, it's obvious what's going to happen. If you make a skin darker, it's harder to see in the darker areas of the map. Like, it's not rocket science. Um, so, yeah, they know what they're doing. And they've even, I've said to you before, they've hit that gun. Either you have to go and jump through the hoops in DMZ or you buy a, yeah. a, a blueprint, which is basically you have to buy the gun. Yeah. Um, so, fortunately, at the minute, it doesn't appear to be the meta gun, but it wouldn't surprise me if in a balance update it, it at some point does. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's obvious and they've done it since Warzone started. Like, it's it's been happening for years and it won't stop. Well, Activision... Playing with fire once again with their audience. Seem like to antagonise their audience. I've noticed some of these live service. People games. don't care. People don't even care. It doesn't even annoy people. They right, just okay. go and buy the skin. Yeah. Like this is what this is what frustrates me. It's like Nick Gallia's got it. Like he's been bought <laughs> Good it. Bad man. Like, but they're always like, "Well, it's out eight pounds." It's like it's not the money. It's not that the money's too much. It's the principle. Like it's the fact that they're basically paywalling stuff that gives you a competitive advantage that's what's fundamentally wrong and i refuse to to be part of that um and then they like you said they plead ignorance and go oh sorry about that yeah we'll we'll tone that down but then by the time people have already spent millions of pounds on it anyway and they've raked in the money and they plead they go oh sorry it's nonsense that. anyway sorry i said I, I was worried that this sort of stuff would crop up because it gets my back up no it's good that's what i like to hear i think that's it for this part of the podcast so we'll transition to some game impressions for you god what do i pick here what we got this no i chucked um power wash simulator on for the last episode Mm. it must have been recorded in the height of summer because we was all complaining about bloody hot it was yeah uh, this is what happens when things get stacked (laughs) up you know i'm just gonna go back to the oldest one we've got which is life life is strange true colors it's what i had to say about playing through that particular title. I think you were the interviewer yeah. and I was the interviewee. So yeah, Life is Strange True Colours is coming your way after this short intermission. But we will see you on the other side. <laughs>
Here we are then, back with some impressions about some video games that you can play today. This time it's Life is Strange True Colours, and I'll be giving you my opinion of said game, with the help of our resident referee Logan, who's here to ask the, the poignant questions and try and extract as much information as he can out of me. Um, I'll hand over to you, Mr. Logan, to uh, to kick things off, but Life is Strange... I've played all the episodes and I'm I'm ready to roll. Yeah, so I was going to say, where does this, you know, I've got a brief idea of Life is Strange Years. It's, it's an episodic type game. For some reason in my head, I've got a similarity to The Walking Dead in it, but I don't know whether I've pulled that out of the nonsense pile. Or no, not. no, no. So yeah, Life, Life is Str- so I've played all the Life is Strange games that have come mm-hmm. before this. Um, I've been, I'd say, a pretty big fan of it over the years. They they have their own style, and I find them quite absorbing. Um, the characters that they, they bring to life are really, really good, and that's across pretty much all the entries. But um, I'm a fan of the series, and I think it's... Yeah, so when you say Walking Dead, it it's definitely a... It's a Telltale-like game, if we're still using mm-hmm. them as the, the descriptive... You know, the, you know, Brought out the bins. Well, got to bring them back sometime. And they, Life is Strange was similar in the fact that it was a it, it's narrative focus. But the twist with Life is Strange is yes, you get the the verbal and dialogue choices, which you know is, is going on for um, for the Telltale games. But each of the games, there's usually and there is some mechanic, some. Some I want to say some ability that your character has that sets them apart. Some unnatural ability, I should say. So like in the first one, you can rewind time. Which is obviously yeah. super interesting for a game where you're making choices. It's like, oh, I'll rewind that and if I change my mind. Second one, Life is Strange 2, is actually quite cool. You play as the older of these two brothers have to go on a road trip and it's actually the younger brother that has i guess like telekinesis power so he can do things with his mind like move things and whatnot so though you're not directly in control of him you instruct him when when to use it and sometimes more importantly when not to use these powers and that kind of shapes him as a person as the game so that's that's interesting as well and you've got true colors which i don't know how to describe this so essentially he plays this this lady called Alex Chen, okay, and her ability is that she can she can feel people's emotions and you know that's a little bit artsy fartsy way to say it. you know the real the real power is that she can understand what people are saying in their heads so she can you can hear what your thoughts are and off the top of that she, that she can see how you're feeling with like a color coding so like blue might be peaceful but red you can see someone's angry so you, you you know that's the the kind of the power you've got and that's what sets these apart usually from the telltale games that you've always got this 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 ability to to manage and to to help to support throughout the game but obviously uh, as i mentioned in the second one it's like should you always be using it is it morally right so it kind of goes through all those questions and you know action wise it's not it's not an action game it is a, a narrative game so People need to get that kind of in their heads. Shall I read out the description? Or Let's do it. Part of it. 
See, it's my favourite part of these reviews now is hearing whether this description matches up to to what we can expect from the game. Yeah. So Life is Strange True Colours, spelt wrong. Uh, it's not spelled with a U, is it? No, no U. It's just colours. Have I blown that? No, I don't I don't know whether I've blown that now. No, the use the use the use the Queen's English. Come on. Colours. I need to I need to write it down, see what's right. Anyway, don't look right to me. Ain't got a U in it, so Yeah, you're right. It does it has a U, yeah. Colours. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They've blown that, but we'll let them off the oh, yeah. Anyway, Life is Strange Colours. A bold new era of the award winning Life is Strange begins with an all new playable lead character and a thrilling mystery to solve. Alex Chen has long suppressed her curse. The supernatural Ability to experience, absorb, and manipulate the strong emotions of others, which she she sees as blazing coloured auras. Yeah. When her brother dies in a so-called accident, Alex must embrace her volatile power to find the truth and uncover the dark secret secret buried by a small town. I won't go. It goes on and on, but. Yeah, yeah, the, that's kind of like the the the, the cliff notes description. So that's what you, that's the setup, right? So basically, it's murder mystery. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it is. You know, in the, in the in the billiards with yeah. the spanner. Yeah, well, Joby. I mean, so it's not quite. So what happens is the the the, the brother kind of dies in, a, in an accident of sorts. It's not like he's found gutted in the hallway somewhere and you're like bloody hell he's been murdered like, it's something there's 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 a it's a mining town and there's an incident that happens and he's caught up in that okay so yeah. it's kind of like there's no direct sort of murder at, at play here but seemingly you know safety protocols think something's gone wrong and it's like well, what, what's mm. happening here and you have only recently arrived in this in this town uh your brother was living there for years and years he's kind of made his life there um and Alex is coming out of foster care and foster home and going to move her brother, hopefully to start a new life. And, you know, that clearly gets off on a bit of a, a sour, sour note. So you're kind of learning this new town to, to go and live in with Alex. You're kind of learning who these people are, what they're up to. And then you've got this, you know, this absolute Costa event happening, which you undoubtedly want to get justice for and figure out what's what's occurred. So that's... That's kind of where we're, where we're setting up. And you mentioned the episodic nature of it. So this is the first time that Life is Strange has not gone down the episodic way. You know, the, the full game, I mean, it's, it's been out a while now, but at launch, the game launched of all the episodes. I think it's five in total. And it's interesting because we've seen Hitman pivot away from this with Hitman 3 when that came out last year in, in 2021 that released all six of its levels in one go um, and previously the, 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 the original Hitman at least was one by one they released them you know piecemeal so they've pivoted away from that uh, Life is Strange has done the same and then I was reading that the upcoming Wolf Among Us 2 is still going to be episodic so an interesting move from those boys and girls but I think this is you know overall this is a massive boon just having the game there and ready to go through 
because the the previous two seasons, one and two, as much as I I love them, I was playing them in sync with the releases. Mm. You know, that's going on for close to a year. <laughs> and it's like, how are we going to remember all this that's going on? It's a narrative. It's, it's not easy. You know what? I started watching The Walking the Dead recently. I've heard the end's in sight for that. I've said, look, once they decide when they're going to pack that in, I'll jump on it and finish it off. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's all there to binge now. And I was talking to Adcock about it because he was the one who was like, come on, it's you know wrapping up or whatever. Like, all right, I'll jump on it. I'll tell you what, being able to just binge that show has made it so much more enjoyable because the slow episodes don't feel as slow because you're kind of just going to the next one at your at your leisure. Whereas if I was waiting for a week, like we used to, sit there fucking mm. waiting for a week. If you had a, a week episode, it was a bit of a... It brought it all down, Yeah, yeah, it? you'd be sitting there fuming mm. for a week. Whereas, mm. I think that's not necessarily is the case with Life is Strange, but a, a similar you can manage your time and do it in a way that you want to and just have it a bit more condensed so that everything's more familiar and there's no you know no no, no details being forgotten so i think this, I never is, liked this is good it. Yeah, i don't think it suits games to no. have them episodic like there's some tv programs where i go yeah i'm fine with that like in one a week but even some of the series that i want to watch and i like watching nowadays i just go I'll just wait until it's all there and then I could just, if I want to watch three episodes, I can. And if yeah. I want to not watch one for a while, I can. I like the flexibility. So, yeah, it's good that um, it's good that they've done it with this, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting. There's still games that are, I think, obviously, all the Telltale ones when they're releasing new ones that come out periodically, didn't they? And yeah, they, like, were, they, were, one. they were episodic till the, the day they went under. <laughs> and that was almost part of the issue is that, it wasn't, you know, people would wait. And it was like, we've now got to develop the rest of this game with 20% of the sales we were getting before. And we still got 80% of the game left to do. Mm. And um, yeah, ultimately led to them sort of going under. I mean, they're, they're sort of back now, but it's been reformed. It's not the same as what it was. Got the old gang back together. Uh, yeah. So one of those things, and this, this was sitting on game pass there ready. So again, excuses all gone. Um, mm. I, I will say, and I will, I will check the price, because there's a reason why I didn't get it to start with. And I think, A, I was busy with other things, which is the story of, of many people's lives. But also, I remember just looking at the price and thinking, hmm, that feels... Steep. It feels a bit high. And I will I will look up what it was um, in between sort of your questions. So I'll park that for now, and then when I get it, I'll just blur it out. But yeah, that's kind of where we're at with with Life is Strange and the episode nature and, and where I played it. So was it? Here we go. It's twenty five quid still on Xbox, mm. but it come out and it was forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, and that's what I was. I was like, no. <laughs> it's one of those ones where I was like, no, fifty quid. I was a bit like, no. And that's there's an inconsistency there because I'd absolutely. I've sat here and played £70 for games that were £60 last gen and not batting an eyelid. So there's something to be said for the inconsistency on my part. But for me personally, it just felt a bit steep. I couldn't, I couldn't couldn't quite bring myself to do it. Plus, like I said, I was I was busy. So, it, you know, you've got deluxe editions going for 55 quid. I was like, eh, no, I'll wait. You know, I waited and guess what? I dumped it on Game Pass and... The best thing about Game Pass is that you just don't know what might or might not come up on there in the future. Yeah. I mean, stuff like this is 
is possible. So sometimes, as you say, you're better off just waiting it out and see. And if sales aren't as good, it might come up might come up on sale anyway. In which case, you get a discount. As I say, this again, why is why have people not got Game Pass? That's the first question. But even that is fifty percent <laughs> off. So yeah. it's there to be got at. Um, so I guess you know, in terms of the game, was there anything different? markedly different with this version if you like or this installment than there were on other ones or is it more of the same is it a bit like that uh assassin's creed where you go well a little bit pretty much the same but a little bit of sprinkling of uh something on top i mean it's familiar ground absolutely mm. it's you know not they've not ripped up the formula and changed it um obviously the the abilities or the, or the power that you have change the the way mm. in which you can operate and this is there's an upgrade in visuals, no doubt. Um, but we still have the animations still look a little bit stiff. Um, lip syncing's not the greatest. It still feels like it's you know a league below like the top end in terms of production values. Um, and that's probably where actually I was thinking, right, fifty five quid. Like I know it's not a full price game, but that's five. Well, no, it is because yeah, El- pretty much Elden Ring yeah. was fifty quid. I mean, that technically is not great, but no, you're, you're there's you once you go into that price bracket of over fifty or forty, you know, fifty and above. I think yeah. you're, you're asking for trouble, and yeah, it does have some. It just lacks that that level of polish. Yeah, it's, it is a bit scruffy. Yeah, it's, it is polish as well because there's things like texture popping when the camera changes angle. Like it will change. Like you'll be talking to someone, it will change to like see them because they're talking and then like the picture on the wall go oh it weren't ready I was like well, hang on what do you mean you weren't ready there's nothing, there's nothing dynamic going on here that's, that's just there so when you see while things yeah, while we're struggling it's like, when you see things like that it's a bit like come on let's, mm. let's try and get this better but for these games I suppose this is the best looking one I think that's, that's one way to kind of compare it against its you know its older last gen versions that are quite old now this is the best looking one but it's still you compare it to, to other peers, even in that price range, it's it's going to come up a little bit short. But ultimately, the game is around about the, the, the characters and the story, and that's that's kind of where most of the hat will be hung. I will say that they, the one thing they continue to do really well is just have such an awesome soundtrack. I don't know how or what they're doing over there when they pick these games out or these songs out, but they are just so good. There are moments where you can like wander around and you can just sit on a bench and then there'll be like a monologue of Alex in a head talking through what's just happened or, you know, but there'll be this awesome, like just like theme, like this, this music going on in the background. And even after she's finished talking, you kind of just sit there and be like, yeah, it's a good tune. And if you hang on, I'll be able to get on with this because need to wrap this up and have dinner in a minute. So you, you do catch yourself. That's that's definitely a um, highlight. They've had all, through all the games that I've played or that are in the Life is Strange kind of universe. Um, another thing they, they added to this one, which because you're in a town, you do spend a fair bit of time exploring and sort of wandering around. Like it'd be like, I'll go and... Like the main objective would be go and see Andy in the flower shop. But en route, you can speak to other people and do like optional quests 
almost like favors and right. stuff so that's mm. kind of nice it would be good if they were time critical it wouldn't be good because people would lose their rag but it'd be it would be handy because it's like to feel like a bustling town it's like well Annie's in the flower shop he's not going to move so that's the main quest but there's Jill over there and then Ted who's in the bar like if you go and help one of them you probably won't have time to help the other that'll be an interesting yeah. dynamic where you have you you, you you know you've got this power and it's like where where am I best utilised to, to give it does Ted deserve it because he's old piss mm. or do we just bin him off for the day but they didn't do that you can literally do everything within the time it gives you it's unlimited but having those options there are nice it kind of gives you to you get a better understanding of how this this ability works and how powerful it can be and you know you meet some interesting characters along the way and it kind of builds up how the the, the, the town is you get to know the the, the ins mm. and outs who who's doing what personalities etc yeah that's fair enough um so i guess is there anything else that you want to touch on as part of your review for what's key here for us to know about life strange yeah so one thing again going i've got to mention this that going back to the you know the the production side of things like something really impactful will happen. There'll be like a moment and you'll be like, whoa. And it'll be it just sort of like in most games and whatnot, it'll hang there in the scene. Like it'll be like a, there'll be a panning out shot and the music's going, Duh. and you're kind of left to say, this one, it's sort of the incident happens, it goes to start doing that, and then it just goes to black and does the next scene. It sort of just cuts off the, the legs of it. And I was like, oh, kind of don't let it breathe. Just skipped us on it's like maybe maybe time is is not on my hands here um and then what i would say narratively wise i think all the the characters are written well the the story in itself is okay like what i've set up to you i think a fine setup mm. and and, a, and a, a noble cause to go and chase down but this is this is reasonably common in the series is that what what transpires and what ends up being the truth it's just a bit. We've heard all this before. Like it's not very, it's not very clever. It's not very subtle. It's a bit kind of on the nose. It's like oh, it's just it. It's just that, is it? It's like not. I don't think that's particularly well thought out. I think they had all these these good ideas for the guts of it, and then it was like, well, how do we thread this together? And it's like, well, we'll, we'll just chuck it in there. And it's it's. You've probably heard this a million times, and we just hope that the characters freshen it up enough that you'll enjoy it so I think that's mm. something that I've picked up on in a few of the games that I've played in Life is Strange um, that probably let this one down just a, just a little bit like you know considering how well and well fleshed out the characters are just like the overall story beats are very vanilla and generic so that's kind of my any other business I think and I didn't yeah. buy the DLC. There's DLC called Wavelengths, which lets you, Wavelengths, sorry, which lets you control one of the characters in the town, which I didn't. I didn't purchase. Um, I was tempted to, but I kind of have this thought that if I'm, I don't be giving Phil any money other than Game Pass. <laughs> so he don't. <laughs> yeah. You get your Game Pass subscription. I'll play what you give me for that. That's the deal. Yeah. That's exactly it. So that didn't that didn't get done? But there you go. Not necessarily. If it comes onto Game Pass, would it get done? Yeah, well, that's the thing. They know they very rarely put DLC on there. It just mm. just annoys me. It's like, well, I'm not. I ain't going on Netflix asking for 
the, the behind the scenes part of the they're not asking me for Fiverr to watch that are they it's like oh, come on I understand why they do it because the, the publisher's probably like no <laughs> you, still, you can give us all this it's money a pace game, but... yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I probably will do it one day but not wasn't urged to do it immediately uh, that's fair enough um so I guess that pretty much brings us to the uh, point where we walk up to the doors of uh, <laughs> the Dim Digital Gallery and uh, either make the decision to go in or not go in. And obviously, if we do go in, which one of the wings that we go down? Um, yes. So I guess first question, does it enter the gallery? Yep. I'll open the doors for, for Life is Strange True Colors and um, it can it will be in the gallery for sure. Okay, so that brings us. We've got four wings in in Apsis. Well, we've got Apsis wing and four sub wings. I'm going to call them the way that I see it. In my Maybe head. we should just have an overall wing. What, rather than wings per person? Yeah, and just say this is just, and then just just labelled. Yeah. This is Apsis art. It's not a yeah. game. That's <laughs> all right. I'll change it in the next few episodes so people can keep up with that latest law change. <laughs> have to write a book on this at some point I think someone um, is I think Paper's writing it Paper oh dear that's a oh, concern no. he'll, he'll be writing collars <laughs> <laughs> so we've established we've opened the doors we've got the bronze silver gold and plat wing which one does Life of Strange true collars get into it's cowardly but I'm just going to bung it in the <laughs> into the silver wing and you know no one can complain it's a good game solid worthwhile like it's not a disaster of the franchise it's you know another another solid entry into a franchise i've enjoyed it doesn't have anything that majorly sets it apart from the others to to move it up i think life is strange the original and this is just because it was the first one probably i hold in the highest esteem because um, it was new at the time. I think as you do sequels and the the formula becomes familiar, they, they mm. kind of drop off a little bit. But yeah, I think it's, it's, that's the least controversial wing to put things in silver. You can't, people don't be complaining about that. So they just sort of move on with it. Try and put it any higher or lower and you have people knocking on the doors asking what, what it's doing in there. So just going to avoid the debate and chuck it in at silver. <laughs> I'll be done with it. It's like getting a C at school. It's yeah. like acceptable on almost every level. Yeah. Um, yeah, fair enough. I think, you know, you didn't say too much negative about it other than the fact that it doesn't look too great and there's some yeah. predictability. Yeah. But, um, yeah, as I say, if you largely, I think if it was a decent experience, it, everything kind of goes in there, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's, that's, that's the way to do it for sure. So, Life is Strange, True Colours earns itself a silver in the gaming gallery. We'll be back on the next episode of Idle Game Chat. Thanks if you're listening or watching this late into the show. We appreciate the time you spent with us today or over a number of days. I know a lot of people pause it, although it's normally not that long. Like Some of these podcasts rattling on for three hours. I can understand that being broken up, but these, you know, we try and keep it within reason under 90 minutes, close to an hour. So I, don't know, I think you should be doing that in one go. Depends on your commute. Anyway, waffling. Maybe it will go over 90 minutes if we're not careful. <laughs> Nothing more for us to say here, though, other than thanks for your time and ta-da.
This was a Dimp Digital production.